TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 564, and I have, uh, I forgot who I was. <laughs> this is podcast number 564, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter. I write for uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com and Why So Blue. Hi, this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University, and I host the Screen Tom podcast on Anchor and iTunes. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is you, Sun, calling in from Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. All right, this week we have we're doing a new or the end of the year, not anything new. We do this every year. We're doing our end of the year podcast, um, and you get to hear our choices and our selections. But first, we're going to do the news. So, Tom, go ahead. We will start with Henry Cavill news because he is just burning up every all the fanboys and fangirls' ears. He is set to star in and executive produce Warhammer 40,000 for Amazon. Despite the change.org petition, he is not returning to The Witcher. Sorry, that's not how television works, kids. Uh, Amazon also ordered a God of War live-action series. Apple TV Plus has canceled Shantaram after season one. CBS did anybody has, question? Did anybody watch that? I never even turned it on. No. Eh, no. <laughs> well, we know why it was canceled now. Yeah, exactly. All right. Continue. CBS has given a series order to Justin Hartley's The Never Game for Fall 23. The cast also includes Mary McDonald from Battlestar Galactica and Robin Weigert. And Eric Zmanda is returning to CSI Vegas for a multi-episode stint, which will reunite him with Mark Helgenberger from the uh, CSI Mothership. Disney Plus announced that Jack Dylan Grazier is joining Spiderwick Chronicles adaptation. Fox has set a first look animation deal with Rodney Rothman's company, Modern Magic. He co-wrote and co-directed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So he's been given the keys to the animation kingdom at Fox. Uh, HBO Max has canceled Love Life after two seasons and Minx, which had been pricked up previously which means all the people who were pay or play got paid and everybody else got screwed. Uh, HBO Max has picked up Sex Life of College Girls for season three. Netflix has canceled Blockbuster after one season. I guess somebody actually watched it. And Warrior Nun after two. And Tyler Perry is going to direct 6888 about a World War II black female battalion. Uh, Paramount Plus has solved the mystery on why Joseph Maul, who was the original ADAR in Rings of Power, is not returning. He was cast in 1923, a Yellowstone origin story. Ah. Okay. Uh, PBS announced that Sanditon will end with season three. And finally, Showtime has picked up Yellow Jackets for season three, way ahead of the season two premiere. Cool. I know Peter would be happy because you were into that show, right? Yeah, I really liked Yellow Jackets. I can't wait for season two. I the I actually watched it and liked it, but the cannibalness of it all kind of turned me off. But you did watch uh, it. 
I did. I watched it with you. We talked about it. You but I thought you stopped. I, I thought you didn't finish it. That's why I wasn't sure. That's true. I did not finish season one because, as I mentioned, the cannibalness of it all right. okay. <laughs> kind of turned me off. All right. Well, let's let's start off with our end of the year podcast where we discuss the best new show, best returning show and worst show of 2022. And here are the rules. Every person gets to pick one show. And you can slide in an honorable mention if you would like. And then uh, we go, we're going to do a round robin between all of us. So we get to say what our show is and give a, a reason. And keep in mind, if you agree or disagree, you can make a very small comment, but let the person say why they like the show, explain it and stuff like that. And this is not really a debate. Everybody's just really, you know, giving their opinion and let's keep it civil. <laughs> so starting off, we're going to start off with best returning show and Tom is first up for that. And I am totally going to cheat because both my primary show and my honorable mention are shows which premiered in the first half of this year and returned for the fall of this year. Uh, my favorite returning show is slow horses. I love this show. And for me, I mean, season one was great, but season two kicked it up a notch and Gary all. <laughs> there is a scene if you hate people who are sloppy eaters there is a scene of gary oldman eating noodles which is just disgusting <laughs> well my thing is also he's so dirty he's always so dirty <laughs> he's 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 got to be having a blast because we're having a blast watching him but I, i'm completely engaged in the mystery of the current season and uh just you know it's got it's got a great ensemble cast and yeah, love the show, love the show. My honorable mention is Abbott Elementary. And the reason why I placed it not ahead of Slow Horses, Slow Horses, I have to watch immediately as soon as it drops or the next day. Whereas Abbott Elementary, sometimes I'll watch it live, sometimes I'll watch it the next day, sometimes I'll watch it the next week. But I love that the show is doing well. It's fresh, Quinta Brinson is all that in the bag of chips. And to see, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name, Cheryl Lee Ralph, uh, who was previously the president on uh, Motherland Fort, S Fort Salem, she won Best Supporting uh, Comedic Actress this year and deserved it. But wow, she's, I hope when I'm her age, I'm as well-preserved because she looks fantastic. But uh, second season has been really good too, but it's not the new shiny object and Slow Horses just feels like the new shiny object. All right. Uh, next is Peter. Your thoughts. I also had. Um, I also picked Abbott Elementary as my honorable mention, and I love sitcoms, so like it's definitely one of my favorite shows. Um, but I'm surprised, unless the rest of you guys don't like this, but it felt like the obvious returning show to pick would be Better Call Saul. I mean, it's the final season. It was a terrific final season. They had like one of their best episodes of the entire run. I thought. And I thought it ended really well. I thought that, like, I thought that with Breaking Bad and now, you know, The Better Call Saul, I think that Gilligan, is it Gilligan? Is that his name? Vince Gilligan. Gilligan. It's Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. It's Gilligan. I think he, I think he really, like, he's just so talented, like, such a, a good writer, and he's always got a great stable of directors and everything. And, you know, watching Rhea Seahorn. Um, everything she did throughout the whole, it's almost to me, it's funny cause I'm saying returning show, but to me, it's almost like the whole run of the show, like that I'm celebrating. 
Um, but that one of the final episodes where they basically have to do this heist in the department store, like <laughs> that was like one of my favorite ones. And such, I was like, man, this is a great show. Also, I liked that, you know, it was, what is it? It's Saul, it's no, Jimmy Saul Jean. Is that right? Oh, yes. Jimmy Saul Jean. And I, that moment with Carol Burnett when you're like, oh, oh my wow. God, is he is he gonna hurt her? Like we've watched this show for so long, and like he can be a lot of things, but I never think of him as dangerous and stuff. And the fact that you know near the end, it almost becomes a possibility with something I never thought. Well, because was I think happen. his desperation, his right? desperation. Yeah. desperation. So yeah, so to me, it was pretty obvious that I was like, yeah, that's the best returning show. I mean, like, yeah, you know, I do really person. like. But um, Peter, Peter, you're only the second one to speak, so wait. Oh, that is true. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my pick, and yeah, the honorable would be Abbott Elementary. All right. Uh, the next we have is Allison. Go ahead. And this is the problem with going third um, between Peter and and Tom. Um, they've managed to pick my first and second choices <laughs> for for best of the year. My first was also uh, Better Call Saul, and my second was Slow Horses. And they, 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 I have to say, they like narrowly, narrowly, you know, edged each other out because they were both so spectacular for all the reasons that, that both of them said. So since I, I don't have a choice of either of those, I want to uh, give my third you, choice. I was about to say, you have a choice of those, but go I, ahead. Well, but, you know, I mean, they've no, covered it. They've, they've pretty much yeah. said, you know, what needs yeah, to be said. So I'm, I'm going to, to, to give uh, appropriate kudos to my third choice, which is Barry. Um, I thought that Barry, as, as good as it's been since the very beginning, they, I think every season they've had, they just crank it up a little bit further. And this last season was just phenomenal. I mean, it, it became, the, the humor was still there, but it also became so harrowing and, and the characters just deepened and became more human and and Henry Winkler knocked invested. it out of the park. Yeah, Henry Winkler is is practically a special effect at this point. He is he was amazing <laughs> in this show. Um, he deserves all the kudos in the world. Just it just incredible performance, and you're absolutely there with him. But the, I mean, the whole cast is is amazing. Um, you know, Sarah uh, Goldberg as Sally, mm. uh, Stephen Root, of course, is always fantastic. Anthony Kerrigan as Noho Hank. I mean, it's it's <laughs> such a fantastic and and beautifully acted and well realized show. And it left me by the end completely at the the edge of my seat you know and i'm I'm still even even months after its last episode i'm still like you know what happens next i need to know <laughs> um so uh, yeah i th i think that 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 this is really a, a seriously strong show and and deserves just all the kudos and and people if you haven't been watching it should tune in absolutely i want to go on the record that i do love better call saw it's just they split the final season. It's like they shouldn't do that because <laughs> that's how people forget about that about shows when you split the final season. Yeah, the Emmys did, which I thought was very unfair. Mm -hmm. All right, um, I have uh, one of our contributors, uh, Greg Barton, sent in his list, uh, and so I'm going to read off his best returning show because. I guess I didn't mention he had an honorable mention possibility, so he only gave me one. 
And he can't change it on the fly. So best returning show for Greg was Better Call Saul. And he says it was a great, it had a great ending to the series at one point. I didn't like all the black and white episodes, but they really, but he really liked the way it all ended. So that was his explanation. And uh, then it goes to me and I'd like to think of something on the fly, but I really can't because then I feel like I'm denying what I put down as my best shows. So I'm not going to. So my best returning show was Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. <laughs> and there's a reason why all of us are picking this show, you know? Um, and you guys have done a really good job of saying those reasons. Um, and I, I, I don't feel like I need to, you know, go into it any deeper. If you watch the show, you'll understand. And, uh, my, my honorable mention, you guys have already mentioned, which is Abbott Elementary. Um, I am not a comedy person. So the fact that I put that on my list at all and that I watch it every week says something means it's a really good comedy. And it and and you and I feel like you learn something with every episode. It's not just comedy; they're they're actually educating us as well. And I and I give them points for doing two things at once. Go ahead, Yusa. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I I'm I'm happy that it's not going to be any that anyone else mentioned. Um, just to keep things uh, going uh, in a different direction. Uh, and I know we're supposed to just do the one, but since I have a terrible memory, uh, and because a lot of the things I'm going to say are both, and it's a nice foil to each other, I'm going with uh, Murders in the Building and uh, Hacks. Um, no, I think... you can say your one and you can say your honorable mention. So which fine, one is number one? Fine, fine, fine. I'm going to go with The Happy Show then. I'm going to go with... Uh, mergers in the building. I think that uh, you know we're talking about returning shows, but for both shows, it's um their sophomore year. So for murders in the building, I think we all kind of sort of jokingly but seriously wondered, okay, well now is it? Well, it was murder in the building, right? And now it's murder. Well, it said it said no. It was only murders in the building, saying that the murders had to happen in the building for uh, them to investigate. Okay, that's what it was. Well, whatever the right. case was, I remember at the end of last season, we were so happy with last season. We all did kind of wonder, what are they going to do with the second season? Um, and well, I They think, did a good job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's my point. They did not experience sophomore slump. Um, and I think if I remember correctly, um, you know, even if I look through my notes, it wouldn't really help me out. Uh, I do believe there were like one or two, maybe even three episodes early on that made me wonder. I was like, oh, is this going to be a sophomore slump kind of a thing? I, I think it wasn't as engaging or it was a little bit slow for me. And I did kind of worry. Um, I think that the the a daughter cousin oh, was a daughter. Um, I couldn't decide if she was going to be annoying. She ended up being an integral part of the season and she was fine. Um, for me, talking in generality, since we're talking about the, the, the show in its entirety, um, it's just not a lot out there is like that show, which is why I'm kind of giving it a nod. I mean, there are a lot of great returning shows and you guys have covered them. Ironically, um, a lot of them I haven't seen and not because I don't think that they're good. I just, 
for whatever reasons and my viewing is kind of limited and you know my my tv watching is at a premium so whatever the case is um but i know we all watched murders and um for me because i don't think there's anything else out there very much like that uh, i think it gets bonus points it's very light it's family friendly um it doesn't speak down to its viewer you know what i mean like there's an actual mystery so it isn't just uh an afterthought uh, it is absolutely part of the the joy of the show, watching, trying to figure out the mystery. The beats and the comedy and the rhythm kind of do remind me of Clue from the 1980s. I don't know how old some of our listeners are. Um, but there was a really fun movie based on the board game called yes. Clue. Yes. Um, huh? Keep on going. I was just, yeah. I'm trying to move this along a little yeah, bit. Yeah, except yeah. I was going off track. So, so that being said, um, uh, you know, I will just reiterate the stuff we said during the season. The acting is fantastic. Selena Gomez has really uh, impressed me first season. She's solid again, second season. Probably not my favorite part of the show, but she, her relationships with the, the with Steve Martin and. Uh, um, Martin Short. Martin Short are fantastic. Her, the acting between those two, uh, those three, the chemistry and the writing, you know. So for me, I think it's a worthy um, show for sure. And then my honorable mention, which will be even quicker, is Hacks. Um, it's not as good as the first season, um, but both shows really deal with, and it's trite, what, what I'm about to say or the words I'm using, right? But it's what is it about, no matter what the show is about, whether it's set in space or whatever, whether you're an acerbic, a bitter, uh, you know, uh, over the hill comedian, or you're this youthful artist, you know, quirky, eccentric. It's all about the human condition. It's all about relationships, you know? So uh, Hacks does a fantastic job um, dealing with uh, her relationship with both her daughter and her um, assistant slash writer kind of thing. So for me, even though the show wasn't as good uh, it is a really wonderful combination of some really serious issues, fantastic drama, acting, um, and then still being quirky and funny, um, a different kind of funny, uh, and definitely not for children, the show or the jokes. Um, but it does a wonderful job of combining weighty, emotional um, uh, investment, uh, fantastic acting above and beyond uh gene smart deserves every accolade and every award um and i like her 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 assistant much better um possibly because her her the writing for her her acting her character is less annoying but i find her less grating so kudos to to that as well um and i like that you know comedies are kind of over always looked overlooked in award shows and maybe even in wrap-ups so i wanted to give a nod to two half-hour comedies for my best returning all right. So that was that that category. So the next category is actually more daunting, which is the best new show because there were so many new shows this year. So, so many. So we're going to change the order. And so that some, you know, so people are like, oh, they stole mine. Well, you don't have to worry about that. You <laughs> might be able to go first. All right. So first up, we're going to do Allison. For best returning show, no, sorry, for best new show. Yes, so new go show. ahead. What do you got? Um, a, this was like a really hard category. Very too, hard because there Very was hard. there was so much that was so Only good. I mean, uh, really, there's. Uh, th I mean, I I had a list of about fourteen shows uh, <laughs> that I just thought were all spectacular and all worth um, 
giving giving credit to but uh, there was one particular show that I had to give the edge to and that was severance um, I thought it just it's just the genius of this show and the uniqueness of of the concept and and the way they they suck you into this thing uh, is, is was just so brilliant on every level it's got an amazing cast the writing is exquisite the dialogue is incredible um every the look of the show this this sort of bizarre retro uh mid-century modernism that they have to everything so it's it's at the same time science fictiony and yet you know uh, recalls the past at the same time is just wonderful um th- this this sense of of i you know the, the the show tackles the idea of identity and and what makes us who we are and what happens if if part of that is torn away from us and all of that was is is just so beautifully brilliantly realized in in this series uh, I just, you know, with with all the good shows that there that there are this year, the new the new stuff, and and there are some amazing ones. I think I still have to give the edge to to Severance because of all of all those reasons. It's it's just a mind boggling series. And you have an honorable. Um, I do, and my honorable is actually the the. As far away from Severance as, as you could get thematically, um, it's it's and, and this is this is unusual for me too because like you I don't really gravitate to comedies that often, but it's our flag means death, and I <laughs> I I love this series. The th- it's it's this silly pirate comedy thing that uh, you know at the beginning I actually actively didn't like it. It, it kind of starts awkwardly. You have to give it a little bit of time. But by about the fourth episode, this, the, you know, it's more has to do with Taika Waititi's Blackbeard, you know, integrating into the, into the show. You get sucked into this thing and it goes in places you're not expecting. It introduces this romance that I can't believe still they had the guts to, to actually go for. And it, everything about it is just... You you love these characters, and the it, the the humor is is wonderful, and I their their use of music on the show is absolutely on point. It's just a great series. It's the whole cast is fantastic, the guest cast is fantastic. I absolutely uh, and I, and fortunately, apparently the 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 powers that be thought so too because. It's it's got a second season, which it just finished wrapping filming. Um, so I, I recommend highly if you haven't seen it, watching this. All right, uh, the next up is me. I'm number two on this one, and you already picked two of my shows <laughs> off my list. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna say you've are. I'm assuming other people are gonna pick Severance, so I'm gonna let that one slide. That was my number one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let that go. So I'm going to say for my number one, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, because it um, was very different. It fe- Well, it, it goes back to kind of like the original Star Trek in that it has storylines that are not necessarily all telling one story, but their individual stories are, are really well written. 
And I enjoyed pretty much every single episode of, of their first season way more than I thought I was going to. And uh, they fully developed all the crew in a really interesting way, way better than the other shows of any of the other shows have done. Cause usually we spend time with the captain and maybe one or two other people, but this show, they really delve into all the side characters. They each person gets their own episode and the stories are told. Well, the only negative I would say is I really don't like the casting of James C. Kirk a lot. So that's, that's the one misstep that I would say they did. And unfortunately, that's going to have ramifications into season two. So I figured I should put it on my list now. So when I inevitably don't like something about season two, uh, I can say, well, at least season one was great. And then um, my honorable mention was our flag means death. And I have to give <laughs> I have to give uh, Allison and Houston credit for convincing me to and bugging bugging me to watch this show. But what really got me to watch, because you guys were very clear and not giving me spoilers. You were very much like, well, the first couple of episodes are kind of hard, but then it gets really good. And both of you were trying to tell me that. And I was still like, meh, yeah, whatever. And what really what got me was I ended up working on a show with the sound, the music editor from Our Flag Means Death. And so we were just chatting and he just started raving about it. And he actually did give me some spoilers. And he was like, it's really about this. And I was like, what? And then I started watching it. And I was like, yeah, okay. This is my new show. I really like it. I cannot wait for season two. All right. Uh, The next person is Greg. And he said for best new show, he picked 1899. He Ah. said it's fantastic, memorable characters with real consequences because some of them did not make it to the end. Sort of. Uh, I mean, well, if you see all the way to the end, uh, uh, sort of, but I, I see his point. Uh, but it, it did feel like WTF every time uh, episode ended, you were like, what is going on? So that was his pick. Uh, yeah, it was definitely it, in my long list of, of new shows. It was in my pick, but I was like, I could pick Severance or 1899. I felt like I couldn't pick them both because they were kind of similar. So, in terms of sci-fi. So, and just the themes, some of the themes. I felt like their themes were very similar. So I, I was like, I either pick Severance or eighteen ninety nine, and I went with Severance. But then, well, they not. do they do go over issues of identity. Yep. So right in that sense, they're the same. Exactly similar. So uh, the next person is uh, Peter. So what did you think? So my um, my honorable mention was Severance, and uh, I love Severance. I mean, it's I mean, it easily could be my number one, but. Um, but there was one show in this, un- unlike Better Call Saul, I feel like I'm the only person who's going to bring this show up. Um, I think it's interesting that my favorite shows, so, you know, traditionally television shows are usually are either about families or they're kind of about work. And you could argue that shows like The Office or Abbott Elementary, even though it's work, they are in a sense kind of like a, a non-biological family of sorts. And so it's interesting to me that my two favorite new shows are both very much about the workplace. Severance is this very like dark, cynical, very kind of <laughs> depressing, but also but also like black comedy show about what exactly we give up in our own identity for, I guess you could say kind of, I mean, it, yeah, I guess we could say kind of like capitalism yeah. and jobs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the the show that I picked for number one also has a darkness to it 
but I guess had more warmth. And that is The Bear, um, oh, which is yeah. a show about, you know, basically uh, um, running a small restaurant in uh, Chicago. And I'm from Chicago. And, you know, the 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 accents, the demeanor, like this kind of very brutal at times kind of working class environment just rang so true to me as a person from Chicago that I was like, oh, my God, I know these people so well. Um, and it ultimately, unlike Severance, ultimately, like, we want these characters to find that, you know, thank you, chef, you know, like, we want them to to work as an, a well-oiled machine, you know, and so when it finally kind of happens, it's it's like a, a great feeling and stuff. Um, so, but but in a way, my my two shows, I think it's interesting to me. It's like, it's something about the workplace that I guess I just find very interesting. And also with Abbott Elementary. But yeah, man, like, I really... Jeremy Allen White, who leads the cast. I didn't really watch Shameless, but he's terrific. Um, what's his name? Uh, who I never loved on The Walking Dead. Don Bernthal. Don Bernthal is the brother who passed away. So he's only in flashbacks, but it's pretty good, like, in it. He was also good in, like, King Richard. I've, I've really come around in him. And then another actor, um, the other, uh, Eben Moss Backrat, who was also in Andor, um he's the one who basically wants to take the money like he's really good like i really like this guy i don't know if i've seen him in a bunch of stuff before he was in punisher too he's in punisher oh i didn't watch punisher and then the woman who plays uh sydney io uh i think she's great like i just yeah i think it's a terrific uh show but again i really like severance too i mean they're both great like yeah, and the I'm, bear I was actually number three on my list wait what was <laughs> the bear your choice was the number three on my list oh so you liked it okay yeah i yeah, adored yeah. that i, th- I thought it yeah, was a brilliant it, show. yeah everybody gave it a really good review on the podcast so. <laughs> so yeah so that was my pick all right uh tom you're up next well i had severance's number one but i decided <laughs> to let another show take its place so i moved my honorable mention up uh don't get me wrong i love severance to death. I use it as a case study in my uh, screenwriting class. Uh, I'm going to put, say, Andor just because this proves a Disney Star Wars show can be actually really good and not about fan service. And but didn't about... you like the first season of Mandalorian? That was I good. I did, but face it, there's a lot of fan service in Mandalorian. There is, there is. Yeah, you're right. And you're Andor right. doesn't give a rip about fan service. And that speech by Stellan Skarsgård in episode ten is like oh, wow. butter. That Bo. Uh, I mean, you know, I never, I never finished it. I gotta finish it. Oh, like, dude. Um, I mean, and people love it. Yeah. What, what one of the things I don't like about not being in LA is all the great screenings I get invited to as a Writers Guild member and can attend because they screened episode nine and ten and then had a talk back with Bo Willimon. It's like ah. So, <laughs> but um, but no, Andor's great. So. Got to represent for you, son. <laughs> Just, I'm looking forward to season two. And, you know, these, um, Tony Gilroy has completely earned my trust. I will follow him into, wrong franchise, but I would follow him into the fires of Mordor. And for honorable <laughs> mention, The Bear. I love this nice. show. Like Peter, I had not, I'd never watched Shameless because I very rarely, if ever, have Showtime. But this guy is great. And just everything about the setup of the show and the ensemble cast and this really kind of inherent darkness because John Bernthal 
plays the deceased brother and he took his own life. And so basically everybody, nobody thinks that, uh, is it Jeremy Allen White? Um, yeah. Yeah. Nobody thinks he should be running the restaurant and people dog him out initially. And then he hires this uh, black female sous chef and people dog her out. And so it's a really interesting character study. And what's fascinating is these two people should be allies and they're butting heads most of the season. Right, exactly. Yes. Which is fascinating. But I just, these showrunners, I mean, these, these are people like Tony Gilroy. I will watch whatever you, whatever you make. I will follow you. Unlike some people who have disappointed me. And we will talk about that in a little bit. But, <laughs> But no, here's the thing. All the shows we've talked about so far are aces. This has been a really good year for television and it's been a really year. terrible fil- year for feature films. And it's, you know, television, I, I think part of the reason is a lot of feature film people went to TV because of COVID. <laughs> they might go back, but right now this the studio system is putting out trash for lack of a better effort. If you get well, a I mean. Movie, if if just as a side note, I mean, my favorite movie of the year by a wide margin is isn't an American movie. It's RRR. It's the Indian film. Really, well, that was the best thing I've was... seen all year. Hmm. Yeah, and it's on Netflix. If you guys want to see it, I've yeah. seen it. I was not unduly impressed. Oh, oh my okay. god, I love it. I could I could see but it a million there, um, times. Like, it's... but there's but there's a lot of great TV, and um, you know, it, it's a shame that what's interesting about Better Call Saul is they did the first part of the season before Emmy eligibility cut off, and then the second half came after, so it's eligible for one more set. But I hope it doesn't get lost in the shuffle, because people tend to forget about stuff. But yeah, all the shows we've talked about so far, I I watch them all, and they're great, and we talk about them all in the podcast. I I think we're experiencing, well, they call it peak TV, but it's clearly another golden age of television. And I think it's because they've finally figured out how to really embrace the long form of TV, that you can get much more deeply into character and to all the nuances of of the plot and subplots and things like that in a way that you can't do in a two-hour movie. And, and that's really been working to people's advantage when creating works for television. We're seeing, I think, the, the result of that. And okay, Yusin, what's your best new show? Okay, so um, I, um, I'm going to go with, and this, I know Tom said Andor, and Andor was absolutely positively going to be mine, regardless of what Tom's uh, you know, su- uh, submission was. However, just a, a few days before uh, the podcast, I finished the English, and because uh, uh, Libya, you have not finished, and I have uh, not. I'm sure many people haven't, or may have not, or may have not started, and it is absolutely worth it for me to keep my mouth shut at how it, how it ends. So I'm going to be really careful. Um, the show is outstanding, and this is what I'll say: I'll go backwards. It has been a very long time since a show of any magnitude uh and any um whether it's sci-fi whether it's straight up drama doesn't matter it made me cry i bawled my eyes out it started as a trickle it started as a am i really gonna cry about this not because it's not worthy of a cry but i just thought "Mm, am i um and even though the last few years i've become much more of a crier i still don't cry at tv shows i just don't i do not um 
it started out and I just, I just, and it kept going. It was a little bit of a, it ended and then there was sort of an epilogue and the epilogue is what killed me. So it just gets point number one for getting you Sun Kim to, oops, we can cut that out, getting me to cry. Um, and, and that's not a small thing. So it, there's drama, obviously. It is poetic. It is literary. It is beautiful. So it is visual. The acting by both leads, outstanding. The chemistry, the screenplay. Um, I know that I can't disagree. I, here's the thing. Your guys' uh, submissions were, are all shows that I know for a fact from everybody and, and critics and this and that are amazing shows. I can't argue. Um, interestingly enough, I didn't see them. So maybe if I had seen them, The English wouldn't be my best show of the year. And maybe it would have been a harder decision. But for me, between Andor and The English, uh, Andor, I will be even quicker because I spoke a lot about it throughout the year. Um, I... I have to say the English is a, is a quiet under the radar. I don't, I don't think I saw it on anyone's list when I was kind of looking and poking around the internet, speaking, you know, to, to you guys. So I cannot speak more strongly about this. Um, it is a tribute to Westerns. It is a tribute to uh, female acting, the leads. Uh, it turns out to be uh, much more than you thought it was about. And even though it's a Western, again, about the human connection, about relationships. It turns out to be much more about um, parents and children, mothers and sons. Um, it just, it's its broad and small at the same time. As broad as its vistas are and the visual effects, uh, sorry, the visual uh, landscapes, um, it is small and tender and fierce. Uh, and lastly, you guys all know that I'm an unequivocal, unabashed, unapologetic feminist. Wow, wow without turning her into a superhero that's unrealistic, without sort of over-masculinizing her, without in any way, shape, or form, with the power of being a woman and it being organic, realistic, there is a line and I will end here. Um, she goes through a journey, an arc for sure. They, you know, both do, but her journey is, is the most dramatic and, and, and whatnot, the most interesting. In middle towards the end of the series, Eli Whip, uh, the uh, Native American co-lead, says to her, um, I don't know what's changed faster, you know, uh, you or the land, you know, the world, you know, because the, the West is changing so rapidly. Um, and I thought that was such a true sort of call out to sort of say, you know, uh, even if you hadn't noticed it yourself, we're definitely calling it out. But also it was sort of like a, not a vindication, but for them to be like, listen, this is earned. Her, her, her journey is not something that is manufactured for the show. And it was brilliant to watch. It was powerful. And the end is, I don't want to oversell it, but it was you're, you're, moving. You're overselling. I was like, Sorry. I haven't gotten to the end. Yeah. But I was so going to say, say, it made me cry. It may not make anybody else cry, but it, that's why it's my, my pick. And, or I will say very little about, because, you know, Tom hit most of the, the points. We all talked about all its stuff. The only reason it became my honorable mention is because it comes from a franchise, right? And it came from a movie, which I loved, uh, you know, it definitely split the star Wars world a little bit, you know? Um, and I will say the only reason is because um, it has familiar characters, it has familiar notes, it has a, a storyline that we all are invested in. Um, and I know that it got a slow start and a lot of people didn't like it. So for me, it gets even extra bonus points for earning the viewership, uh, getting that train to go faster and faster. And lastly, I will say, because I've said all the rest during the year, um, I will do this, the summation of 
it again, I didn't mention the score in the English, which was, which was fantastic. It hit all the notes and or I think instead of being very literary, it was very cinematic. So that's how it differs with the English. But it was um, everything, the score, the costume design, the acting, the script. And I will end here. There is that famous line. I think they say it more than once. And uh, it was like, um, you know, the empire comes first and we get what's left. You know what I mean? And let me tell you, that show Andor gave us everything. I mean, um, I gave everything to that show in terms of investment, hope, wanting the show to be good, and it paid off. So it is absolutely my second choice. Um, and by a hair, it's honorable mention. Yeah. All right. We got one more category, and that is worst show. And let me reiterate the rules, which is you can't have just watched the pilot. You have to have watched about 50% of the show or more to put it on your worst list. And uh, we're going to start off with Peter. What is, What is on your worst? So before I say what the worst is, I will say it's funny that what I'm going to pick is the worst. Um, just how I was just saying that I really love workplace stories and, and shows this year. Um, one of the other things I, that was a big thing this year, even though none of them made my best, was we had a lot of shows, um, and some I think were quite good that would make my top 10, essentially about um, people that were essentially uh, con artists. Um, there was a lot of them in the tech field, like, uh, like Dropout and stuff drop like that. Dropout yeah. and um, Jer Jared Leto with We Crashed. I liked those shows a lot. I thought those were pretty good. I thought the Uber one, the super pun with Joe was okay. Are you um, slipping in extra shows? I feel like but, that's what you're doing. Well, no, I was like, but, <laughs> but, but I got to say the worst show <laughs> for me that I finished, because obviously there are pilots I watched. I was like, well, this is terrible, but um, I love uh, Caitlin uh, Deaver, who was in Dope Sick, which would mm -hmm. sort of be in this category. Well, I thought Dope Sick was great. Oh, Dope yeah. Sick's a really good show, but I love Caitlin Deaver. I am a fan of Sandra Rhymes' Netflix shows, but oh my God, Inventing Anna was terrible. Like, I mean, from the from the from the obvious fake accent that Deaver's doing, which I know was supposed to be fake, but it it always grated my nerves to the cast of characters that I just thought were either really dumb to kind of fall for this scam, or on the other level, even worse, um, Anna Chlumsky who is very much a Chandra Rhymes type character, a person who like, a very Sandra Rhymes character is a person who kind of um, likes, who has a lot of ambition and sort of falls for or likes something that they know is really bad for them. And that's kind of the hook of the show. It's like, oh, how did this journalist, like was gonna tell this story of Anna Delvey or whatever. And it's like, yeah, man, I don't buy this at all. I don't buy that Anna, that this reporter, I mean, I guess it's a true story, but I just thought it was so grating, like, even though it's a good cast. Um, the another person who's in Alaska Daily, who's always in a lot of Sandra Rhyme shows, like he's in it too. I forgot, I'm sorry, I forgot the actor's name. Maybe Tom. Uh, Jeff something. Yeah, yeah. He, but man, it was just so, it was, it, was, it was bad in that I didn't, I never really bought the character's motivations. I never really bought how could this happen, which means that the writers could, even though it's a true story, they couldn't figure out a way for me as an outsider to go, oh, I see how this happened, which is, you know, what the good show, like the dropout, which those shows did, you know? And then it just kind of ends. Like you're at least thinking, okay, well, she's in prison. So we're gonna, cause I mean, it's, it starts that way. So it's like, all right, we're gonna, 
it's all going to come to a head and she's going to get her, like, she's going to have her come up and it's like, finally this terrible per- And it's like, eh, not really. I was like, so that's not even satisfying. I watched eight episodes for that. I think it's eight. I could be wrong. Um, but anyways, yes, I don't, I don't really have any runners up because most other shows that I didn't like, I basically bailed after the pilot. So this is the only one, I guess, thankfully that I finished so that I can make it. For this <laughs> so that's my, right. Tom, go ahead. All hands down, and this is the counterpart to my last, uh, my last show, Book of Boba Fett. Huh. A show so bad the main character doesn't show up for two episodes. Okay, I'm he's not. One, I can't even argue with you on that. I was he, like, he's in yeah, one scene right. in one episode and doesn't speak. But really, dude, this was, it was just not good, and. The thing that's really I don't even know what they were thinking. Sorry. Well, here's your, your pick. <laughs> we never asked to find out how he survived the Sarlacc pit in uh, Return of the Jedi, but there's an episode of Parks and Rec from about a decade ago where Patton Oswalt does a filibuster oh, with his yeah. fan theory about Boba Fett, how Boba Fett survives. And they basically used that. <laughs> It was just... Except it wasn't as entertaining as his monologue. No, it it was not. It was... Boy, I just... Wow. Um, And don't get... I mean, I love good Star Wars like Andor, but as good as Andor was, Boba Fett was at the opposite end of the spectrum. I really liked Tamara Morrison. Morrison, He was not served well by these terrible scripts. They were very um, bad. And it wasn't his fault. And it was not his fault because I've seen him in other stuff. He's terrific. But man, this was not a good show. The candy colored motorcycle things, which seemed ripped <laughs> off. From the, God. The, 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 the biker gang, which seemed rip, ripped off from a Spy Kids movie. Oh, because Robert Rodriguez directed those. He was not the right director for the show, producing director for the show or whatever. Oh, there's just... And there's two episodes that are basically Mandalorian 2.5, which is like, yeah, what? And that's that's the problem I have with the Mandalorian. But also, the other thing is the quality, too. That's the thing that's so frustrating is that the episodes that were the Mandalorian were amazing. They were good. And then they were really good. I was like, how is this happening? What is going on? That these I think, episodes that's, are so I think good? that's why to me, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be my worst because technically those episodes count and those were good episodes. I agree, but it's, they're still in, they still count in the, that thing. That's why I, I agree with you guys. I, I, I don't know. To me, to me, those episodes make the rest of it just more damning because Correct. not just because of the quality level, but because it just says to me that, oh, this is what they were really interested in talking about and writing about. And the rest of it was, I have no idea what they had on in, in their mind. It's like, let's do something about Boba Fett because the fans like this character. Now, what do we do? I've no idea. And they just meander around for all these episodes until they say, okay, well, we need to do some promo for Mandalorian. It's like, oh, good, let's do that. Um, so it, it, it just made it worse for me by comparison. Yeah, I, um, and, and it, it also, the fact that two of the seven episodes deal with another central character means you didn't figure out this show. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. That's a huge, this isn't like the last episode of Battlestar Galactica 1980 where they throw the fanboys a bone and said, hey, let's show what happened to Starbuck. No, 
the fact they did this in the middle of the run and one episode doesn't have the characters in it at all. That was just weird. I, I mean, yeah, Star Wars, boy, if I were Kathy Kennedy or whomever is running Lucasfilm these days, I would perhaps give Tony Gilroy a more prominent role and let John Favreau. Oh, and because of the strict rules, well, hey, don't give me the times up. I let other people speak. You know, I'm just a, saying, let's go. I'm looking at the clock. Um, the um, because of our edict that you have to watch a lot of episodes of a show, I wouldn't say it's the worst show of the year, but it's the worst show I endured a lot of. I really did not care for Wednesday. I really, and I'm mystified. We've talked about them. This well, I liked podcast. Wednesday a lot, really. Wow. We, we've, you know, uh, you're outnumbered on this podcast, unfortunately, Peter. Not, not I, really, because I liked it too. Okay, Olivia well. Liked it. Did Yusin was kind of in the middle and Allison and I are on the nah dog. Definitely not. But because I watched four of the eight episodes, I just... That does qualify. It is the wrong creative team. The Smallville guys had no business doing an Adam's Family continuation. Pairing them with Tim Burton to direct the first part of the episodes, it's just a weird fit. And shamelessly ripping off other pop culture things like Harry ranging from Harry Potter to Carrie, I'm like, oh man, that, that, that scene, the prom sequence in episode four, that was for me, I will not even hate watch this show. My time is too valuable. Man, I, I really enjoyed it. Wow. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it made, it made my bad list, but it, it was not the worst for me at all. It, all although right, I did up. not like it. Uh, the next person is Greg. And for his worst, I'm mystified. I <laughs> so his worst show is Moon Knight. Uh, he says, although I think Oscar Isaac did a good job, the series completely lost me with the talking hippo stuff and the mil- mental weirdness. That's the. <laughs> sorry, I'm re- I'm sorry. I got to keep reading. Uh, I tuned out, never to tune in again. Wait, how long did he tune out? I need to clarify. But I mean, he went as far enough to get the hippo. So that's yeah, the hippos, that's episode five. That's or something. Yeah, that's pretty far. So he pro- he bailed at the hippos and uh, <laughs> didn't finish the series. I love the hippos. I, that's it's weird. Awesome. I did too. It's uh, such a a strange show. It's like a great I, character. I, I think he. I feel like he should be here to defend him, his his choice on that one. But anyway, that's his opinion. Um, all right. Next is Allison. Go ahead. <sighs> okay. Well. Um, this was this was also a difficult category because there was uh, the, you know the, there wasn't as many worst as as there were of the good stuff definitely but it was it was still a fairly fairly lengthy list um, and and Book of Boba Fett was definitely on it um, as as was Wednesday though fairly far down uh, but my my top number one uh, of of worst. Uh, this year, I guess, was Russian Doll. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh. it was easy to forget about that. Because <laughs> this season was every bit as bad really as the first bad. season was good. Yeah. It was like the antithesis. They, they had season two just to undo all the goodwill that we had from season one. Um, I, I really, you know, when I heard that they were doing a second season of it, I was kind of dubious about it because the, the first season just is so perfect as is and comes to 
what looks like a perfect conclusion. You know, it doesn't have to have every answer wrapped up with a little bow. It just, it just, you're fine with the characters ending where they were. It told a story, you know, and that was it. And I kept thinking, well, what in the world are they going to do for season two? And it turns out they didn't have a clue about it either. Um, they stick her on a subway train and they make her go back in time <laughs> randomly and something to do with saving her mother or not or whatever or realizing herself. You know, whatever it was supposed to be at the beginning, halfway through, they changed their minds. It was just a mess. It was just a, just a meandering, awful mess. And it was yep. so sad and felt like a betrayal of the audience's trust that, you know, here they came up with this amazing show you know for the first season and they couldn't leave live well enough alone i guess just you know for the money or whatever and and gave us a season two that was about absolutely nothing a complete waste of time and uh, and i just I, I ended up being actually actively angry that i watched it so yeah that was that was my number one choice for worst show and my number two choice uh i guess was she hulk and it was for similar reasons in that here was a show that I, I, I was really looking forward to that I thought had tremendous potential. And it, it kind of started out well and then just, just systematically kept getting worse and kept betraying every expectation and every hope that I had for how this show was, was going to be. And, and it, was, it seemed absolutely determined to tear down the central character to misuse Ta, uh, Tatiana Maslany, who is a brilliant actress, and and she ended up having so little of anything to do in this series. Half the time, she's an unconvincing, really bad CGI special effect, um, and and it was just the antithesis of a feminist show. It it made her the butt of every joke. It made her the object of every leering, awful man. And, you know, I, I've heard people say, well, but that was, it was supposed to be, you know, poking fun at that attitude. And I'm sorry, but it crossed the line from poking fun at it to engaging in it. And I just, I, I ended up just being so disgusted with the show. It had one good thing, which was bringing in uh, Daredevil, which, you know, I thought that their, their chemistry was cute together. But other than that, it was, it was really just a terrible show. And I hate saying that. Because I know all the little incels out there were were waiting for this to fail, um, so which was all the more reason I wanted it to be good, and it it just kills me that it it was not. Okay, um, I'm gonna give my list, which is where is my list? Okay, so this is gonna be controversial. Uh oh. <laughs> but I watched every episode of season one. And I, at one point, I was hate watching. Uh, I was just watching because we were talking about it in the podcast, and I was like, I guess I have to watch with the rest of you guys. Uh, and it it made some people's top ten list. So, oh wow, uh, okay, no one can guess. I, Peter already knows, so don't cheat, Peter. Oh, I, I know what it is. Yeah, I, got it. <laughs> and I did so, guess. And, I didn't cheat. I guessed. Oh, that's true. You did. I mean, I was so, like, oh, you're gonna pick this. Like, yeah. And the answer to that is House of the Dragon. Um, I started off really hoping the show was going to be good. I was watching all the previews, all the trailers. I wanted this show to be good. I was a huge Game of Thrones fan before, you know, it fell off the cliff. 
but I was, and I know the, the lore. I've read the books. I know all the backstories thousands of years before, after all that stuff. And so I really, really wanted this to be good, but it felt claustrophobic to me. Like most of the stories are told in um, King's Landing, in the throne room, or if not in the throne room, right off the throne room. So we don't go anywhere. It's, it's very, very closed in. And the stakes for me were very small. Um, it's basically a one big family all yelling and screaming at each other and to the point where they're fighting, to the point where they're by the end, they're going to start killing each other. And because it's a prequel, we know how it's going to turn out, which is the danger of doing prequels. So you have to do something that's interesting. And I didn't feel like House of the Dragon accomplished that for me. And by the time we got to the end, I had to force myself to watch like the last three episodes. Um, I just didn't care about any of the Targaryens. They're all terrible people. Every single one of them. I don't want any of them to win the throne. I mean, at the beginning, I kind of wanted the daughter to, but she became just as bad as the show went on. So I, there was nobody for me to cheer for. And the difference is, in Game of Thrones, you at least had the Starks, even though they kept dying, but you you know, you know, had them. <laughs> um, and here, there's literally nobody. And then the mustache-twirling villains are way over the top uh it's just i could go on for a really long time but i'm not going to um but this show made me the angriest of the shows that i watched it made me angry watching the show as opposed to the last season which we didn't know at the time of westworld which was my honorable mention and this show was just bad like i, <laughs> I wasn't even angry about it. it it was just bad like season three was really bad and this season was pretty bad. Um, so I would say Westworld as a whole, only the first two seasons are worth watching. And after you finish yeah. the first two seasons, you should just stop. And they're because not on there's... HBO Max anymore. So you have to. I know. But there's no intrinsic value to the other seasons. And they, I feel like they really tried to salvage the badness from season three and season four. And at the beginning of the season, I thought maybe they were going to accomplish it. But it went off the rails halfway through, and I was like, "What are we doing? What are you guys?" Doing? And then they had the, ep the what I consider the problematic episode. They have a character kill all the black people in like five minutes. Like yeah. all the black characters get killed, and I was like, "Does nobody else see what's happening right here?" And it's violent too. Like, and I was like, "No, just me. Am I the only one who's seeing this?" No, um, you were not the only one who you was were seeing not. this. It, it was so bizarre to me. I was like, "How did this get through? Like, how did nobody say, hey, guys, this is weird?'" Um, so I just, it did, it, it got to the point, like I said, it's my honorable mention because it didn't make me raging angry like House of the Dragon did, but it was just bad. It, it, it just made me apathetic, which I don't know which one is better. Uh, but that, those are my mentions. And both of those shows are pretty big HBO shows, actually. Well, I didn't, well I didn't... Westworld was canned because the, they the audience had fallen off. So, right. Yeah. And That's it was true, not a but cheap I'm, show. It no, was not, not a cheap show. And I and uh, I have to say I can't disagree with you on any of your points about House of the Dragon either. I mean it certainly didn't make my any of my top lists. And but it, it, I didn't hate it enough for it to make one to make my worst list either. Uh, it was just it was just kind of there. 
Um, yeah, it just made me, it made me angry because I wanted it to be better. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a good show and it wasn't. And can I ask, um, go ahead. Well, can I ask, do you think that, um, <clears throat> do you think part of the failure for you, uh, or maybe, cause I only saw two episodes and I thought they were good. I only saw the first two. Um, but you were talking about, you're like, you don't really go anywhere. It's mostly indoors. It sounds like what you're saying is, are you saying that like what kind of hampered the show is that it was kind of made during the COVID era? Because we, no. we have things where you're like, ah, no. clearly you could have done more if you weren't with COVID restrictions and stuff. That, like, that's not really the issue. The issue is for me, it is the claustrophobic. There is, it is you're claustrophobic. Saying they don't, you said it's just all indoors and stuff. Like, Yeah, so. but I mean, even COVID era, you could shoot stuff outside. You know, that's not... That's not a COVID issue. They, they shot I think Game it's of Thrones. It's a storyline issue. It's a storyline issue because Game of Thrones had all these different houses and all these different things that were, and it was big. It was epic. And the thing about House of Dragon, it's not epic. They they're very much like, hey, we have dragons. That's cool, right? And they really were leaning on that more than telling a good story. And the stakes feel very small. It's very much like. This guy is a terrible dad and a terrible king, and he allows the family to fall apart to the point where they're all killing each other. And it was his weakness that created this situation. And it's not that I mean, it, it's basically it's, it's, it's basically long day's journey into night with dragons. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I, one I family imploding in one set and boom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, you know, I see what you're saying. I just, when I thought of it though, like what's interesting to me again, is that like, again, and I, I brought up COVID because I feel like to me, a Game of Thrones universe show should have a big scope and a big landscape. I mean, one of our favorite, we all agree Severance is the, you know, one of the best shows of the year. That's literally just like, in you one know, room. I mean, it's just that it's an office is the five point. people. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, and it's I a get bland that. environment, but like, it's yes, a Yes, but the well, scope of, of House of the Dragon. Yeah, but the yeah, House of the, the Dragon, scope- it makes me think it should be a big show. Like, Correct. Like, it should be. It should be, have big scope, and it doesn't. It's very small. Well, and... I think it's just the fundamental difference between a show that, at least when they understood what it was about, which, you know, not the last season, um, was about a real existential world-ending threat versus, you know, the the members of a family don't get along. <laughs> and that's yeah, it's very it. different. Yeah, it's a very different thing when you think about it. Yes, it's one family not getting along and they have dragons and then they, they are going to kill each other. But they're going to drag everybody else into it with a war. And I guess the war might be good, but I don't think I'm going to hang around to see all right, well, let's let's move on. You have um, validated my decision to not return to the world of sex and dragons after uh, that awful series finale. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't tell you you should watch it at all. I, I cannot endorse it. You know, worst show, uh, it's kind of a perfect uh, uh, compliment, foil, whatever, uh, to what I just said, because it is a property that is well-established uh, we are invested in, in, in the world. We know, we're familiar with it. So they kind of had, uh, you know, an easy start, like a leg up, you know? Um, what, what, and... did you mention the show? Yet? No, no, I'm I was, I was oh, okay. You do. I was burying the lead. <laughs> I thought I missed it. No, All no, right, go ahead. I was burying the lead because, um, Allison also chose it. So 
uh, I, I cannot, I don't want to hurt your guys' ears, right? Mimicking and saying everything that Allison said. Um, but I will say what I have to say. I know that it'll overlap for sure. But um, to say that the show was disappointing is not even, does not do that even justice. And I'll tell you why. Because um, it's a Marvel property and we have known that uh, disappointing, uh, the, you know, there's a lot of um, mixed bag of the mar uh, of the marvel tv shows right for sure so and even the star wars tv shows right so um no one's saying that we were expecting it for sure to be good um but again as an unab unabashed feminist i was uh, and because of all the fanboys who were complaining and this and that i i really wanted this show to succeed i was very invested um i liked the idea of the sort of um not madcap comedy, but a half hour comedy. That's really not something that we've seen. Um, it did sort of at the beginning have like an Ally McBeal rhythm beat kind of a thing. I liked that it was spent a lot of time as her not being the superhero and sort of like, um, what's that show that we, we like? There's a bunch of shows where it's sort of the human side of the superheroes, you know, Superman and Lois and whatever, whatever, all these shows where they deal with um, what's it like to be the human, the, in the superhero, you know, um, uh, equation. So for the show, it was unequivocally awful. It started out pretty strong, uh, maybe too strong because the expectations were too high. Um, but the season turned out to be banal, you know, a predictable, offensive even, you know, and the fact that most of the series dealt with her and boy troubles, I mean, what? Uh, that was insulting. Uh, and it was not funny, and it wasn't even remotely interesting or new. They didn't bring anything interesting to the table. So for me, uh, because, like I said, the expectations were so high, even after the first episode or two, uh, because it's a property that we are very familiar with and that we it has a, a kind of a, an earned interest and likability to it, they dropped the ball on that. And uh, lastly, I will, I will uh, land on a positive note. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is a fantastic actress. Uh, we all know her and loved her in Orphan Black. Um, so that was, I think, even more expectations. I think she did a solid job with what she had to work with. Um, and that is the only redeeming quality about that show. Only. And maybe one or two post-credit funnies. Um, but other than that, it was a complete waste of time and disappointment. Well, all right, then. Tell us how you feel. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, right. I, hate, I hate ending on such a negative note, but you asked me what worst show was, you know, for the last... No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I have something I'd like to bring up. Go ahead. Uh, and, I, and I'd be curious to see what y'all thought. We don't necessarily do best episode of television or oh. whatever. And this isn't necessarily the best episode of television, but it was... It was... It was... A finale that was so good, it it almost made me forgive how overlong and unnecessary so much of the new season of Stranger Things was. Because uh, I really oh. liked the finale. I really liked Vecta. I liked how it all came together. I did not see all of those, all the connections of like, he's the boy, he's this. He, I was like, wow, I did not. I saw some of it, but I didn't see all of it. And I, I thought it was pretty effective i was like that's a really good finale but wow. beyond that there's a lot of middle stuff in stranger things that i thought was pretty lame although we all do like the sadie sink the 
the Kate Bush running like, up that, that hill. Things, yeah, that, that stuff is good. But I, I will yeah. say, uh, strange. This was not the best season of Stranger Things. No, no, but it's no. a good finale. Overindulgent. It, but it wasn't to me. It was too long. The finale was two hours and thirty minutes or something. And that's too long for a finale, regardless of all the reveals you're talking about. I and like I had reveals. figured, yeah. I had figured out half of those reveals myself, so I was not surprised by them. I, I can't back you up on that. Okay, I well, my point, but I was just bringing up that's not like a best show or anything, but it's a thing that I I was like, oh, that was kind of highlight a highlight for me. So I mean, and maybe I don't know if the, at the next at the next one next year, we can we can do our best episode. That's a good category. I like that best idea. Best episode or unforgettable moment. Yeah, for yeah. moment or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not a bad that's Ooh. not a bad thought because sometimes sometimes a show is not good enough to make the best of list, but they might have an episode that you're just like, wow, that was amazing. Well, the classic so, example is um, the freaking the uh, it's often called the best one of the best episodes of Doctor Who, right? The oh yeah, yeah, like that's just yeah. that's like one of their best things ever. I have no yeah. idea how that yeah. whole season was, but that episode's really great. Like it's a great yeah. episode. Yeah, I agree. That's a good that's a good choice. All right, well let's wrap it up then. If you have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfiregeneral.com. Follow us on Twitter, we're on Facebook, SciFi.Radio, Unopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 Happy New Year.